This is Nerd Podcast Radio, brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash nerdpodcastradio. Check out and support us on Patreon for tons of content, including a bonus episode for each episode. If you'd like to reach out to us, the best way to do that is our Nerd Podcast Radio Facebook page, where we share all sorts of nerdy stuff. You can also find us on Instagram, at Nerd Podcast Radio, and on Twitter, at Nerdcast Radio. Don't forget to review us on iTunes or whatever podcast provider you use. Reviews are important as they help our podcast grow. Thanks for listening, everyone. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Nerd Podcast Radio, your nerd home away from home. Welcome to Nerd Podcast Radio, your home for dystopian news of the dystopian world all the time. Hey, did we just hear another alternate universe? No, it's this one. <laughs> <laughs> I am Super Vegan Brian. I'm joined by Cursey Smurferka. And David, the host I normally introduce first, but I did second this time. Uh, the hey, third. Everybody. Hey, everybody. Oh, man. This, uh, this, this Tuesday, November 3rd has been a long day. I mean, it's going on, what, day four now? <laughs> uh, it, it, it has been a week. <sighs> yep. Oh, yeah. That being said, let's talk about some nerdy shit. All right. Okay. I like it. Let's do that. <laughs> Um, oh, so crap. I got to go have, first, don't I? <laughs> we have a topic today. Believe it or not, we actually do. <gasps> Motherfucker! We're going to be talking about one of the foundations of nerd culture, which is fandoms. Yeah. But, first, <laughs> but first, we're going to talk about, uh, play our game called What's Nerdy With You, where everybody talks about the nerdiest thing they did in the last couple of weeks, and then we vote using the pet. Mike Myler widgets. David, you're first. He got the widget system patented. Oh, but uh, okay. okay. Stop. Stop. (laughs) Have you you ever put together a bunch of stuff and then you thought you hit save and then didn't and then it was just (sighs) gone? Yes. That is literally just what happened to me. I'm sorry to hear it. That is the worst. Literally the worst. With pronouncing patented wrong. Because I am distracted to did. That- oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> you done? Yeah. David, what's nerdy with you? <laughs> well, let's see. Uh, what is nerdy with me? Uh, well, I got an honorable mention. Uh, I got to play in a D&D game last night that was so much fun. I don't get to play all that often, so yay. Uh, and then uh, what I did that was my nerdy thing is uh, a friend of mine, a uh, friend of the show, uh, Elena Cheris, is moving. I'm not going to say where, but uh, she discovered that she had some uh, old uh, Pokemon cards and stuff in her in her her mess of things while she was packing. So I took her to Frankenstein's, and she ended up selling them for a nice little hefty sum. Nice. She she had hidden gold she didn't even know about. 
always fun. And she'd never been there before, and it blew her mind. So that was fun. Yeah, that was my nerdy thing. I got to take a newbie to Frankensons and watch their watch their brain explode. Uh, Frankensons is a collectibles, basically it's a swap meet for geek things out in the city of industry in California. It's open three days a week, and it's filled with vendors that buy, sell, and trade their goods, which are generally geek things, and you can get anything. Baseball cards, comic books, cosplay items, games, card games, video games, board games, anything and everything. Pretty awesome. One of these days, I'll make a video while I'm there, and we'll post it to Facebook. That sounds cool. That's a lot of fun, and it's 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 one of those where there, there's new stuff every time you go in there, because the vendors are constantly changing what they've got in stock. So it's also vendors are coming and going as, as time goes on. So I, you know, I stay away for a couple months. I go back. There's different stuff there than there was last time I was there. So it's always an adventure. I always enjoy it. And it's a good way to kill a couple hours and spend a few bucks. I love that place. I met Nicholas Brenton there. Awesome. He gave me a hug. Nice. Aww. Yeah. I said I couldn't afford to get a um, photo. And Aww. he goes, well, hugs are free. <laughs> hey, that's awesome. Uh, yeah. I met... Uh, I met uh, Ivy Doom Kitty there once. She was just walking around. I got to say hi and chat with her for a few minutes. She's a rather famous cosplay model who, uh, yeah, that was fun. Just random. She was just walking around. My buddy Grant and I were walking around. He goes, wait, is that Ivy? She turned around and we ch- chatted with her for a few minutes. It was cool. So, yeah, that was fun. Uh, Erica, what's what's nerdy with you? Uh, so my honorable mention is I ran my first D&D game in like five years of which you were a part of. And I'm glad you had so much fun because I was super nervous about it. Oh, you did. You did wonderfully. That was great. Oh, good. Because I was like, uh, I'm not a big rules lawyer. So it's always touch and go when people, that's not the rules. Yeah. So I like to, I like the fun, creative aspect of it. Oh, Absolutely. One, one, one of my favorite things to throw at people when they do that is is uh, or when they say something, it's like, wait, that's not how it works in the rules. He goes, yeah, you know, you're right. Weird, isn't it? <laughs> I'll have to remember that one. I'll have to remember that one. So uh, I had a lot of fun putting it together and playing last night. Um, it did remind me that I'm terrible at remembering names. <laughs> uh, and uh, making up names because... <laughs> the fantasy bar waitress lady's name is Lindsay because it was the uh, first thing that popped in my head. That's funny. Uh, <laughs> so, so that's my honorable mention. Um, my actual nerdy thing is I decided to learn Gaelic. So wow. Yeah, it's a uh, a lot. A lot of my faith, uh, count, like, has survived through the Welsh. Mm-hmm. Um, like through through the Welsh peoples, like they were like the last fucking stronghold. So uh, a lot of stuff is not easy to pronounce when I'm like reading it, and I don't want to sound like an idiot. So uh, I have decided to learn Gaelic. So that's my nerdy thing. I'm Very not neat. real familiar with the language. Is it is it like a pre-Celt language from that side of the world? Uh, so it's what's left over of the Celt language. So. Um, the, the short history, very, very short is you had the, what were originally called the Britons there and, and they were Celtic in the, uh, in the sense, not the, not your idea of like the Irish Celts or anything like that. They, they were the pagans that were there 
and then the Romans came in, and then the Anglo-Saxons came in, and then the Normans came in, and they just kept pushing and pushing and pushing until literally the only Britons left were in Wales. So they became the Welsh people. Like they were basic, they were basically just like stopped right there. They're like, you can't go anywhere. You have to assimilate. And eventually, the Anglo-Saxons got them to assimilate somewhat. But um, what what was really left over of of Wiccan uh, Celtic Wiccanism uh, is is what was survived in Wales. So it was super super crazy. So I'm trying I'm I'm trying to learn as much as I can because you grow up with the faith and then you start to actually at least for me because I don't have like a, a one of the top 5 religions in the world or anything. Um you know trying to find more of the roots of it. It's not something that's just like ta da everybody knows about this. So I think you may have actually like nerded us by nerded us all into oblivion through like finding the origin of nerdiness. <laughs> You're like, I'm, I'm learning the original language. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> um, well, can you give us a couple sample words? Like anything you've learned? I mean, yeah, I don't want to yeah. put you too on the spot if the, your pronunciation, if you know you're nervous about sounding weird or anything. Yeah. Um, so when, so whenever, like, uh, okay, so like big is like I'm I'm finding like a lot of words are similar to what to what we already know. So uh, a lot is more, and then um, a little is actually big. It seems weird. It's like more and it's very close to more and big, but it means a lot and a little. And then you have words like uh, like uh, uh, bull means cow. So like bovine, like bull is cow. So, I mean, there's, it's just, it's none of the letters, I'm just telling you right now, none of the letters sound anything like you think that they should sound. None of them. And even Gaelic itself is like Gaelic. Like, it's like a, like a G-H-I-L thingy. It's, it's, it's very interesting. And I, I just started learning it like two weeks ago. So I'm not very good at it. I'm not very good at sentence structure or anything. Yeah, I'm probably mispronouncing things. But, um. Yeah, so that's what I decided to do. The end. Brian, it makes me what? think it's why they didn't have vampires in that part of the world. Oh, oh, because everybody Garlic, spoke Garlic. Garlic. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, thanks. Oh, wow. Oh, but Brian, what was your nerdy thing? I have a little... I'm Okay, so we're moving, which is Yay. a busy time. So it's hard. I'm not Erica. I'm not the nerd multitasking master who like was multitasking. You were able to have winning nerdy things when you had a brand new baby and a brand new job at the same time. So, yeah, I think you're the multitasking master. Um, so, OK, honorable mention. I was not invited to play Erica's game. Um, <laughs> probably for the reasons that she said that. You know, she doesn't want people po- po- pointing out the rules. <laughs> that is um, not true. You, you, David wasn't invited. David invited himself. Wait, to what now? To the game. Oh, I wasn't trying to. Well, I'm not saying it badly. What I'm saying is my goal was to get my D&D group that I've been playing with for like the last five years together because we've missed each other. 
And David is a wonderful addition to that. I wasn't meaning well, that in you. a negative way. I was okay. saying, like, it didn't occur to me to invite David. And I called David. He said, call me if you have any questions about writing this. So I did, and I called him. And through the course of the conversation, it was a natural, like, yeah, I'd love to play. And then I was like, well, I didn't even think about it. That'd be fabulous. I, yeah, sure. <laughs> Come on. So it wasn't like David's like, I'm going to play your fucking gamer. No, it wasn't like that. It was just like... It hadn't occurred to invite anybody outside of my original game group. Fair enough. Which is why you were not invited, Brian. And by the time it occurred to me to do said thing, I already have seven players. Oh, (laughs) yeah. It's a good group, though. We have fun. Um, I'm sorry you were not invited. Yeah. Yeah. You're you're never going to be forgiven. Um, (laughs) So, you play games and you didn't invite me, so screw you. <laughs> so, <laughs> we're, so we're moving. Okay, okay, level out. Um, so we're moving. Um, and it's been pretty busy. I I have been re-listening to the Dresden Files. Um, I started last week and now I'm on book nine. So I mean, that's a thing. Um. Yeah. I think the thing we did the cool the the probably the most nerdy thing we did is I helped measure I helped Heather measure the house and um so we could create a 3D four floor plan so we can figure out how to fit things like the couch next to the pop culture art next to the Eido testing place. <laughs> Was this Heather's idea? I'm what the the 3D thing? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, it sounded like a Heather thing. Yeah, there we measured the whole house and she has the whole floor plan laid out and we we've, we've been like we we used it for the first time this morning actually and we like put the couch in the room and see how things fit. It it's great. She's nice. a fucking genius. Normal people do yeah. it on paper. <laughs> I've never done that. I've never done that. I just look at a space and go this will fit, this will fit, that will not fit. Maybe if we turn it this direction. No, that's not going to fit. I just do that shit in my head. I would love to be able to look at, like, the exact measurements on a 3D. I never even considered it. Yeah, that's what I normally do, too. The point was this way we know where to put things before the movers get there, and we save time. And time is money because the movers charge by the hour. (laughs) And she can't really lift anything. Yes. Yes. So we're we're okay. having other people do all the work. It it's been. I'm so used to weird. just being like, oh, I got to move this bed. All right, <laughs> and then like lifting it and moving it. So I guess if you're in a position where you really can't do that, yeah, you'd have to have everything meticulously planned. I want to take an opportunity to just share something about our experience with this. People kept telling us over and over again that buying a house is the hardest thing you'll ever do. It's it's tremendously difficult and you will go through so much trouble. We have not had that experience. We have had a smooth experience where everything seems to work perfectly. And I have to say, we're fucking terrified. (laughs) Don't be. That's what happened to us. Everybody told us the same thing, too, when we were going to buy our house. But we got the first house we put a bid on. It's exactly what we wanted. It's all the space we need. And, yeah, I mean, every house you're going to have shit that breaks. I mean, yeah. my mother-in-law was not fucking kidding. Just weird fucking shit. You have a constant to-do list of fixing. And you just got to learn, like, not everything's an emergency. You just, you know, something may be broken and you'll fix it nine months from now. But the things that are really important, 
you really got to fix right away. So we we didn't have that experience either. Everything was fine. Until your bathroom exploded. <laughs> no, we got black mold in the bathroom because... I know, but it's more drain. fun to say your bathroom exploded. <laughs> Fair enough. But, you know, it's an old house and that shit's going to happen. We lived here a year before it happened or two years before it happened. So, you know. So um, David helped... Um, helped his friends sell Pokemon cards. Erica yep. ran D&D and learned dead language. And I am moving. Who had the nerdiest thing? David, you have four widgets. Who do you give them to? Well, I'm going to give two to Erica, and then one to you, and one to myself, because I'm a terrible person. Erica, how oh, about you? I'm muted. Erica, how about you? <laughs> oh, um, I am going to give uh, David two for helping his friends sell things because i think that's super cool that you helped your friend find some cash oh yeah and then i'm gonna give my other two to heather for being a g all right this has never happened before so um all 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 yeah i'm heather has six widgets she wins (laughs) yay yay And she doesn't listen to the podcast, so she'll never know. <laughs> she doesn't listen to our podcast? Wow. No. No. Wow. My wife Why? Because she's not a podcast person. Uh-huh. Hmm. I've heard that before. Hmm. Well, if that's the case, I'm taking my two widgets back. <laughs> <laughs> and she still wins. And I'm giving her a negative win. Oh, which okay. makes her, Which makes David win. Yeah. No, I'm giving my two widgets to me. That makes oh. me have four and her have three. I win. Yep, there it wins. <laughs> so we're we're talking about fandoms today. <laughs> um, okay, so I want to share. I you know I've t- I know we've talked about this kind of thing before, and I've been trying really hard to make the topics we recycle novel every time we discuss them. It's a journey. Um, But I did a little research, and so fandoms have to do with a devotional following to a thing. It can be music, it can be sports, it can be a movie, it can be a comic book franchise. It's just a thing. Well, I was discussing this with different people, and um, different people being my mom. Um, And mom immediately brought up when talking about fandom, she was like, Beatlemania. And I'm like, yeah. Beatlemania. Ooh, that's a good one, yeah. Yeah, she she's like, that's like the devotional thing. And I was like, is that like the original fandom? And she's like, no, no. Before that, people used to faint at Frank Sinatra shows, and there was a whole bunch of thing about that. And I was like, oh, okay. And Elvis? So I, Elvis, yeah. But I did some digging, and I found out that in 1844, there was a pianist named Franz Liszt that had a phenomenon called Litzomania. And it's where the term Beatlemania came from. Wow. Um, He had, but the difference in the, the difference in the term was that Listomania was more referred at the time as a medical condition, where Beatlemania was more like an emotional reaction to the shows. But like Listomania was a thing that they talked about, like people are like enraptured and they're getting ill and their, their, their humors are unbalanced. Them damn humors. Yeah, because because you know the the mystical nature of music, and you know they talked a lot about that too. How there was like a supernatural effect, how how the music would encircle people. Mm, I think that there is. I think it's a 
unusual thing to say in 1844. I guess that's it's a post enlightenment, but it's kind of right around that time. I don't know. I mean, I have been to a lot of concerts. And I have had that experience a lot of times and not to every concert, but there's, and, and I've kind of explained before, there's almost like this, um, like the music pulls this energy from people and you just create this, like this hum. And okay. we've had so, a shared experience here that I, we've never actually talked about before. And I want to see if you feel the same as me. Okay. When I went to see Tool for the first time, when Maynard James Keenan first came out, I felt like he was controlling the audience like puppets as a marionette. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So yeah, I, I totally understand. Can you yeah. relate to the can you relate to the idea of music kind of puppeteering the audience, David? Um, sure. I, I don't really go to concerts much, but I've been to a few of them. And yeah, definitely. Uh there's always uh a sort of uh, I guess you call it like a, a, an electricity that goes through the crowd when when the band gets up on stage and starts uh, starts their their show. And I I've been to and I don't want to say that this is just happens because you're in a large group of people because I have been to concerts that while technical music being played was fine it was it does not exude the same energy you, even from the people that really enjoy the music that that other other concerts have. And it's, it's just a very interesting phenomenon. I've always, you know, I've had a lot of people ever ask me, you know, why you go to so many concerts. And it's like, for me, it's almost like going to church because you feel that energy and it's just very invigorating and it makes you feel like you're part of something bigger than yourself. So I get, you know, I get that. You can actually argue that that's a Music has been used in churches for years to have that kind of reaction in people. And there's actually some science behind it that the low frequency organ music used in churches creates an infrasound effect, which actually has an effect on the brain that creates a feeling of unnaturally like it. It creates a feeling of awe unnaturally based on the frequency being played. Yeah, I think it's the same reason that, you know, you know, drums have been a thing, you know, since, you know, early humans, like yeah. music has always been that. And, well, and it's very interesting that there's some, you know, music is very mathematical. I don't think a lot of people realize how mathematical music really is. And it, it's, it reminds me of, um, Brian, I'm really bad with like things that mathematic thing about patterns, the spiral fractals. Yeah. So like there's a, Oh, the Fibonacci, the Fibonacci yes, spiral, yes. the golden ratio. So, I'm just so, throwing stones here. I don't. I don't actually know. No, that's know. it. That's uh, it. The, okay. the Fibonacci. Yes, that's correct. So I think, um, and again, not a scientist. Haven't studied this my whole life. But there seems to be something primal in nature that allows us to see those patterns and feel those patterns and connected around us. And I think that's what music does. So I think it's very. You know, it might be the first time that it's been reported that there was like an emotional reaction to music or something. But I think, I think it's very important and totally, totally believe that that happened. The end. Can you, Brian? Sorry, I'm muted for dog barking. Keep talking. No, I was done. I was just, I was handing it back to you, darling. I know I'm muted because the dog is going insane. <laughs> okay. Well then oh. I guess I will talk more. Um, so, so David, what, what, what does a fandom do you? Well, uh, 
fandom in my experience in mind is a group of people that all have a common interest in a particular facet of pop culture whether it be you know Star Wars fans or Star Trek fans or Lord of the Rings fans or each each little facet of some for, form of nerdy culture has a fandom to it. Like, I know people that are into Gundams, and that's what they're into, and that's their fandom. And I know people that do that with bugs, and do that with I mean, it's all kinds of things. Fandom is, I believe that word itself started as a way to help describe different facets of nerd culture, but it's grown in usage to so many other things now. Well, so there are the- so many things in the world that can be considered fandoms. And and I agree with you. the The first modern fandom is actually uh, based around Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, absolutely. Because when uh, when he was killed off in a book, like people like lost their shit <laughs> mm-hmm. about it. It's like the the first time that it was recorded. So I mean, yeah. if we're talking if we're talking about you know visceral reactions to something that that you enjoy then i would say yes and i think i think i think there's something else to it brian correct me if you think i'm wrong here but i think there's something else to it i think it's like there's a difference between enjoying something and being like a huge like fan and having to absorb all that information so why do you think that you know fandoms are a thing that that are so common now, where they used to really not be. Brian, you're muted. You're talking. Oh, okay. Um, Bueller. <laughs> Bueller. Yeah. Hey, new name for the podcast. Brian, you're muted. <laughs> um, I I think the internet has a big thing to do with it. I think we're there were always communities and groups, but I think they were most like first you had conventions bringing people together. And then you had the internet bringing the conventions together. I mean, I know they're bringing all the people together, but it's also bringing all the groups together. You're having a lot more interaction between the different fandoms than you used to. It used to be more secular. But I mean, if you look back before the internet, there was a everything was magazine. Like yeah. they had a magazine for everything. So I think the reason why fandoms become more prevalent over time is because we have better tools for communicating. Absolutely. I, I absolutely agree with that. And and to kind of piggyback off that, um, I think the downfall of fandoms is also that we have so much communication. And the reason I say that is, one, you have a big thing where different fandoms are ripping on each other instead of being supportive of each other, which I am I think is a pretty shit thing to do personally. So if you're one of those people that's like, nah, you like that? That's fucking stupid. That makes you stupid. Yeah, fuck you, whoever you are. Um, but more importantly, I think it has brought this to the attention of the capitalists because now you can get, I mean, it's not just an Etsy thing where somebody's at home like, printing their favorite quotes from their book on a coffee mug. I mean, things are so streamlined now. You can you can get anything for almost I mean, for any fandom now and it's it's just consumerism at its like worst. And it's so, almost made me hate fandoms. Not the people, not the people that love the thing, 
but the fucking consumerism. Because you know I have been an OG Nightmare Before Christmas fan forever. One of my favorite movies in the whole world. And it used to be like you'd find something here or there, you know. Um, but it's like, what, what the fuck? Like, why am I being flooded everywhere I look? And it, and it's not even good quality. It's always cheaper and cheaper and and more pieces of shit that they just printed something on. And it just annoys me. I'm sorry, Brian. Brian, you're muted. I'm a little distracted by the thing David just posted in the chat. Yeah, me too. I, <laughs> yeah. I saw it pop up, and then I and then I tried to continue my train of thought, and it was very difficult. Sorry, didn't want to interrupt. Anywho, let's yeah. not even tell the listeners what we're talking. Exactly, I was yeah. I wasn't going to. All right, no, so. no, I think I I. We it was the election results. I mean, we could just say that that we all yeah. kind of went, oh yeah, wow, yeah. Yeah, awesome. The, the Associated Press is called the race. Yes. Um, oh. Heather told me a little bit before you posted it, and I was sitting here going, "Don't say anything. Don't say anything. Don't say anything. Don't say." Anything. <laughs> well, my Facebook exploded, so <laughs> I was I was pulled away. Like, oh, what's going on? Oh, all right. Oh yeah, I I have been off Facebook for like. Other than using the messenger for like six or seven months now, and it's so oh, nice. wonderful. Nice. I will never go back on Facebook. Well, I won't delete it so people can chat with me, but I don't want to have any. Well, I want to use Erica's topic. I'm gonna I'm gonna quickly divert from the thing that can create the politicized tangent. Um, I want to divert tangent. from Erica's topic of the destruction of fandoms by capitalism to talk about. What fandom has the best merchandise? <laughs> That's a tough one because there are a lot of really good fandoms. Why, to be fair, and, though, some fandoms are all about merchandise. And why is it Star Wars? <laughs> well, I mean, yes, but that's beside the point. They have the most merchandise and they have the most money behind creating that merchandise because Disney. Well, Disney in itself is a fandom. That is true. Uh, I I enjoy Disney. I always I mean, have. There are me, also fandoms. Yeah, there are also uh, individual fandoms based around each Disney property. I mean, it's the, then there's the Disney properties themselves, Disneyland. The, those are all fandoms, and it's it's incredible the amount of circles you can draw around stuff that are considered fandoms and people that are members of of fandoms that they don't even realize they are simply because of their membership and other fandoms. It's Apparently crazy when you think about me. it. Brian's always telling me, like, oh, I didn't know you loved this. That means you love this. And I'm like, well, yeah, I do like that. Like, I didn't even realize that for a long time. Want to know an example? I can't think of ever telling you that before. Yeah, yeah, you did. So, Buffy. You told me that I would like Firefly. Oh, oh, okay. You like this. You would also like this. Not you yes. like this. You all. You okay? Okay, I misunderstood. I was like, was I dictating what you like? <laughs> I, I oh. met. Okay, I understand that better now. I I thought. Okay, understood. Um, yeah, I think that's a great way to. I, like, I think we have that topic all this all the time. Like you told me that I would like the Dresden Files because I like other things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess it's, you know, in the nerd world, you really find more things that you like because other nerdy people are like, hey, have you checked this out? I really like this, you know? 
If you have other things in common, you will like other things. Like something that I didn't, um, my dad is really to me. <laughs> so I, he explained this book called Bruce's Game to me. Oh, oh my. When I was a kid. I'm, oh, wow. <laughs> and I was like, huh, okay. And I had already read like, you know, uh, the Anne McCaffrey book. Like, so I, I liked her. Um, and I liked Raymond E. Uh, Feast, whatever. Um, and so he explained the or- Orson Scott stuff to me. And as a kid, I was more into like like the fantasy and not as much as like the sci-fi. So I was like, yeah, sure, whatever, Dad, when I was a kid. And then as I got older and I got more into sci-fi and everything... He was like, yeah, you should definitely read Ender's Game. And I was like, whatever. Okay, fine. It's about some kid. Got it. And so I I read it. And then it was obsessed. So good. It was so well thought out. And and not just the first one, like, ooh, big twist or whatever, right? But the subsequent books were even better than the first one. Like, the the theology and the ideas that, that it pulled together and so I became a really big fan without, you know, again, without meaning to be. My dad was like, just read this thing. You'll like it. And I just, like, went down this fucking rabbit hole, which I, I find that I do quite often. I'm a rabbit hole when something grabs my interest. What about you, David? Anything like that happen to you? I'm Yes and no. I mean, my first introduction to geek fandoms, at least, my uncle bought me my first magic cards and taught me how to play back in the day. And then... He went from there and, oh, you like this? You'll, you'll probably enjoy this, too. And then started showing me uh, board, uh, certain board games. And then from there, we got then from there he took me to my first gaming convention. And then from there, I went to uh, Miniatures Gaming. And then it's, it snowballed into the geek I am today. <laughs> yeah, so it, it always seems to be somebody that's like, hey, check this out. This is pretty cool. And then you just keep going down, down mm-hmm. the nerdy, the, nerd, the path of the nerd. Oh, yeah. You know, it's almost like um, one interest leads to another, which ends up creating a nerd. Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. Um, but you there are said, fandoms that are not nerd as well. Well, oh yes, yeah, I, 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 I want to stick to nerdy fandoms real, real fast because yeah. you had said one topic leads to another. One people will say you like this, so you should like this. Mm-hmm. When I think that can go toxic too. Oh I yeah, think absolutely. That can go, you like this, so you're not allowed to like this. I hate it when people say, Star are you Trek a Star Trek or a Star Wars fan? <laughs> right? Yeah. I hate that, I like, too. I, I like both of them. I like both of them. I'm not really one or the other. I mean, it. if I want, they're different. They're One is kind of a space fantasy. They're both science fiction. One is hard science fiction. But well, no, you know, one, one of them is science fiction. The other is, is science fantasy. It's yeah. literally the, yeah, it's, that's the distinction I make. Star Trek is more science fiction and Star Wars is science I make fantasy. It different. I make it different. So for me, I think it comes down to more like Star Wars is very much about fighting for what is right. It's literal fighting, right? And while there is some of that in Star Trek, no doubt, Star Trek is about building a utopia. So for me, it's a very different, a lot, I mean, there are a lot of the same things, but the theme is different. So for Star Wars, the Republic is trying to save them from fascists, right? But 
in Star Trek, it's about trying to preserve the utopia that they're trying to build and be more inclusive. So they're just, it seems to be a different goal in the verse to me. And I think that's why I can enjoy both of them because I can enjoy the fight for what's right and I can enjoy the fight to to bring people together, which I think are, are very different things. No, uh, definitely. There's there's something to be said for that. Every, the, the main, one of the main problems with geek culture is toxicity is everywhere. There are always those people that try and gatekeep and those people that try and uh, make make the things that they like exclusive to other people mm-hmm. and from other people. And it's it's that I don't subscribe to that. I don't agree to that in any way, shape, or form. Geekdoms are geekdoms. Everybody should be welcome. Race, creed, color. Gender doesn't yeah. matter. Body type. <laughs> yeah, does who cares? As long as you're a fan, let's let's all be fans together, man. Yeah, I agree. I think one of the biggest things for at least for maybe it's because I'm a girl and this happens a lot. Um, I I don't know. Um, so like vampire fandoms, right? Like yeah. for me, I grew up reading Anne Rice. I've read like every Anne Rice book there is, both her vampire series and her witches series. Um, and I, I love Anne Rice. She's an amazing author. I love her concepts, her themes. Again, a lot of the theology that she has in our books just blows my mind. Like it's just a different way to like consider things and think about things. And the way that she like implants this historical perspective, just for me loving history, it just makes me love them all that much more. With that being said, if you are a fan of like the, you know, interview with the vampire and stuff like that, you happen to mention that to somebody, they're going to be like, Oh, uh, what about the vampire diaries or, or twilight or, <laughs> or like all these other things that I'm like, uh, it's not the same. It's not about that. There's a vampire. It's a, it's about, it's about the world and what it, you know? So, I think that, especially as, you know, because a lot of, there are sexual tones in her books and stuff like that, that people just seem to think that, oh, if you're a girl and you're like vampires, then you must love those sexual vampire things. Let me throw this your direction. And yeah, that I think that's where it can go wrong. You know what I mean? Maybe not. Yeah, no, I get it. No, I get it. I, I was muted when I was agreeing. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> apparently that's what you do in this episode. Um, I, well, I, I, I I muted when the thunderclap went off outside. We're actually in the middle of a thunderstorm for the first. It's rained here for the first time in wow. so long. It's amazing. Did it start like 15 minutes ago? Because no, that it's be incredible. <laughs> it started raining a while ago, but the it, they were predicting thunderstorms today. And the first clap of thunder hit about 10 minutes ago. So that's so weird for California. That's I know. Not... I love it. That's so weird. Anyway, Brian, continue. I don't remember what I was going to say. Um, I was talking was about vampire about, fandom. Yeah, it. You know, it has to the mark the marketing and the studios creating things. So it's like, oh, oh you like this one thing with vampires? Let's make twenty things with vampires, and yeah. let's market them to teenagers. <laughs> so you end up with Twilight. I remember when Twilight first came out. I was like, oh no. We're mm-hmm. done. Nothing cool with vampires will ever come out again. <laughs> I I remember actually thinking that it was like they're trying to do Anne Rice, but they're making it different. They're like marketing it towards teenagers. It it really seemed like they were 
de-scarifying vampires and making them more into a boy band of mm-hmm. yeah. It's yeah. like they're making the vampires look like Justin Bieber. <laughs> yeah. So I had uh, a friend at that time that was like, they may have marketed it to teenagers, but it really hit like, like mom. And I don't know why. And she was like, oh, you have to read these. They're so fabulous. Oh, and I was like, uh, no. <laughs> and then she was like, oh, I don't have anybody to go see the movie with me. Come with me. And I was like, oh, God, uh, no. <laughs> and then she was like, oh, no, like, come on. So I was like, fine, I'll go. With so uh, I go with her and it was miserable because I didn't know what was going on. And it was and Brian knows this about me. I hate teenage drama, emotional breakdown bullshit. Like, I can't, like, I just stare at the screen like, get your shit together, seriously. <laughs> so, uh, it was painful <laughs> to watch. Uh, so we went, and I didn't want to, like, hurt her feelings. So I was like, uh, yeah, no, it was, it was, it was pretty good. It wasn't, it wasn't that bad. Yeah, yeah. And, like, the next day, she brought me her entire set of books. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh, yeah, you know, it wasn't bad, but it's not something. She's like, no, no, you have to read them. And she was my best friend at the time. We have since had a falling out. But uh, she's like, no, no, no. After you, you finish to- reading the <laughs> Yeah. Well, a couple years after I finished reading the books, I ended up going to all of this with her. Um, but she's like, you have to read it. So we we'll see all the movies together. And it's going to be this thing that we like share. Blah, blah, blah. And uh, trying to be a good friend. I was like, okay, fine. So I read the books. I will say my favorite one. I don't know if either of you are familiar actually with the story or just know how disgusting the whole, like, no mean GS theme in it is. Um, I'm not even 100% sure which books you're talking about, so. The Twilight books? Oh, God. Yeah, I'm talking about Twilight. Uh, um, my favorite one is actually the second one because because she tries to kill herself on a motorcycle. Because she's haunted by, like, this vision of him. And it's my favorite because I think she should have died. I think she really did die. And the rest of the series is just, like, her, like, dream world afterwards. That's what I think. So, anyways, I ended up having to read the books and watch all the movies. I then, anticipating uh, Amelia is going to be going through this phase in the not-so-different-distant future. With as much as she loves, like, mythical things and everything. Getting mm-hmm. into the teenage romance thing, purchased all of the movies to rewatch them to make sure that there wasn't anything so obtuse that I was going to have to explain to her in a more positive way. Because for anybody who's familiar with them, it's a very unhealthy relationship uh, on yeah. a lot of levels. Yeah. So I wanted to make sure that I'm able to address all of those things. Before she goes down. The first time I ever saw Twilight, there were two things that hit me first. I was like, one, why is she acting like her world is ending, like she's being treated like shit, even though everybody is being so nice to her and trying to be her friend? Oh, yeah. I was like, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's being so welcoming and nice to you. And you're like, leave me alone. I don't want to be this. I'm like, this doesn't make sense. (laughs) Oh, it's 
very much I don't stand me. Like it's so and, <laughs> and then the reason why I turned off the movie I've never actually finished watching Twilight because I couldn't get past Edward staring Bella down and them treating it like it's a good thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, you've it's got, a very you've much got me beat. no means yes. Yeah. You've got me beat. I've never seen them and I'm never going to, so Yeah, do that. And I you know, it was a it was a are they really that bad situation. It was like a I feel like an I feel I felt bad talking shit about something I'd never seen. So I wanted to at least try and watch and I I couldn't make it through the first movie. The only good theme in the entire book series is that sometimes the unremark the who we think are the most unremarkable people are actually remarkable people who haven't come out of their shell yet. That's it. That is probably the only positive theme in that thing. The rest of it is very much like you need a man to save you. And, you know, you should always, you know, if they say they love you, then anything they say is okay. It's very much disempowering to women. And it's supposed to be like a romantic thing, I guess. Like, I don't know. I don't, I don't really get it. I forget why she wrote them. I think they were a fanfic of something else, if I remember correctly. I don't, they're not original, I don't think. Somebody else said something while I looked. I know that the, um, the Fifty Shades of Grey books were Twilight fan fiction. Yes, they were originally fan fiction. I didn't know if, I, I, I thought Twilight was. I don't, I think it was. I'm not, I'm not 100% sure. I haven't done any, it's not, uh, something that I'm, uh, interested in, uh, looking into all that, all that, uh, deeply. <laughs> so, I mean, um... I used to play Vampire the Masquerade back in college, about as close as I got to, to that, uh, that side of the fandom. So, on a, on a fandom topic, I want to talk about fan theories. Um, one okay. of the great things about fandoms in the community is people come up with things like headcanon, they come up with things that they think make sense to make the story make sense. Oh, yeah. They make, yeah, they... Um, there's lots of discussions about what's canon and what's not based on expanded universes. You know, like, for example... No, nah, I'm not going to do that to you, David. <laughs> uh, what is your favorite fan theory from a fandom you enjoy? Oh, man, there are a bunch of good ones. Um, uh, I haven't actually thought of any off the top of my head for this question, so I actually have to think here for a yeah, minute. Yeah, it's like you first you have to think about which fandom you're going to think, and then you're like, right. are there any fan theories for that fandom? <laughs> I, I know there are some good ones about people being related that aren't actually related, but my brain is like frazzled right now, and I can't quite think of which exact fandom I was thinking of. Um, oh, jeez. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't have a definitive answer. There are a lot of good ones. Um, Jesus, I try and think of something, and my brain just goes, nope. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, well, just in Star Wars, I mean, there's there's a bunch of uh, a bunch of of interesting interesting fan theories and ideas that aren't technically canon as far as the main storyline are concerned now, especially now, but. And, and just the, the way things were going uh, before it was written that they actually got together. There was a fan calling for Luke and Mara Jade to to start uh, to start a relationship, and then a couple of books later that actually happened. So that was kind of neat. Uh, 
this was during the expanded universe, so that all the writers were writing individual books, but they were all adhering to a set set of guidelines as far as character interactions and yeah. events that would happen. And you you were able to build off of events that had happened in the past, and people that wrote stuff later on were going to build off stuff that you're writing currently. It's an interesting concept when you think about it. They got 30 or 40 different authors to write over 100 books that all interlink in one way or another. It's kind of it's kind of awesome when you think about it. Um, my favorite, I, I think one of my favorite fan theories is a Harry Potter one. Okay. You know how so many stories have the fan theory that the character was dead the whole time? Oh, yeah. Harry Potter has one that... Is that a lot that, of them? Yeah, a lot, well, of, quite a, a lot of fandoms have a, the person was dead the whole time, and the whole thing was a fever dream. It's sort of like you said with Bella. Maybe she did kill herself, and the whole thing, <laughs> you know. I hope she didn't oh, yeah. kill herself. Or, uh, or one of my favorites is uh, Pokemon, uh, that Ash I, is actually in a coma. And everything that's going on in Pokemon as far as the actual, you know, monsters doing stuff and everything is all just in his brain. There's there's the name for Erica's feminism podcast. I hope she killed herself. <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap. Um, wow. The fan theory I'm referring to is Harry Potter, where um, he never went to the school for wizards. He was actually sent to a boarding school and. Um, hit the whole thing as a breakdown and him trying to justify his like abuse in his head. He's disassociating. Oh. Yeah, yeah, because instead of the boy who was a victim, he's the boy who lived. Eh, I'm not a I'm not a big fan of that theory. Nobody is, you know, with when when you start getting into the they were dead the whole time theories, they're all bad. But I like that one. I like the idea that. Harry disassociated and created this hero persona for himself because I know what it's like to be in a bad place as a kid and yeah. you your imagination. I like the idea of it. I mean, I want to believe that Harry actually went to Hogwarts, but I know he didn't because it's fiction. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, Erica, do you have any favorite fan theories from stuff? Uh, I mean, I don't get into them a lot. I think the only one I really got into Star Wars, the Raylo one. I think that was it. And it was right. So, yep. but I think I think that's the only one I've ever really gotten into. Uh, well, no, I guess there were some Game of Thrones ones about trying to figure out um, where oh, yeah, the, there were a bunch of those. the little people went. Yeah. Like also, the children of the forest. Yeah. Also trying to figure out, uh, fans trying to theorize and call, make uh, calls as to the lineages of certain characters and yeah. who who is actually the offspring of whom. And Yeah, it was very exciting. I remember everybody was very, very excited to find out Jon Snow really was a Targaryen. So that was pretty cool. Um, there's a great Pokemon fan theory that the world of Pokemon is post the Pokemon war and that it's a post-apocalyptic world after a giant war and everything has to do with, yeah. Um, there's actually a line in one of the video games that says the fan theory where, um, um, one of the gym leaders from, um, Pokemon red and blue tells the characters that, um, that electric Pokemon saved me during the war. And that led to everyone going, what war? Kind of oh. like the Clone Wars mentioned in Star Wars. <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> there, there's neat talk about like fan theories that were wrong too, like um, all the different ideas about what the Clone War could be, and then when they actually did the prequel, it was different than anything anybody ever thought of because oh, yeah. everyone assumed that the clones were the bad guys. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know one of my favorite uh, theories? Well, in, actually, no. The clones were the bad guys. No, from a certain, point of, from a certain cool. point of view. Really say guys. that. From a certain there, point of view. No, All Star Wars theories are right from a certain point of view. Exactly. <laughs> Do you know what one of my favorite fan theories is, though? What? Uh, the one about Winnie the Pooh. Every, it, because it's such an old, like, Is property. that the one where they're all different parts of Christopher Robin's psyche? Well, it's the one where they all represent different disorders, and he has schizophrenia. Yeah, yeah so, like... Like Christopher Robin has schizophrenia, and Eeyore is like a major depressive disorder. Winnie the Pooh's an eating disorder. Piglet's anxiety. Uh, Rabbit's OCD. Uh, you know, Tigger's definitely H- ADHD. <laughs> you know, it's 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 that theory, which of course you know nobody can prove or disprove, or they could just be characters that have these quirks. But it is interesting that. Uh, he was a psychologist, though. So that's, in, I think that's pretty... Along that line, I wonder what Kanga and Rue were then. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Uh, unhealthy mother-father, uh, mother-son relationship? <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe. You know. Well, they weren't there all the time, so they could have been like his positive family experience, too. Oh, yeah, there we go. Maybe his mom was a positive influence on him. Yeah. But no, I, I always thought that was a... Um, my favorite fan theory of all time um, is wrong. It, it was definitely proven wrong, but it's my... I, I hold it so hard that Jar Jar Binks was really supposed to be the bad guy and oh, just... Lucas chickened out. <laughs> there are some great YouTube videos about it. It's so entertaining watching them go through mental gymnastics to make that true. Uh-huh. <laughs> Well, I mean, there's evidence that he was a force user. <laughs> no, there's not. <laughs> he was he was the cartoon rabbit that stepped in the poopy. I think the cool thing about about fandoms and fan theories is it it allows the, the you know the fan to take a look at this world that the authors already created and put together almost their own story in their head. Whether whether that's what the the writer or creator meant to do is, you know, it's great to be right. Right. But it's also, you know, it's fun to let your imagination go through and start to create based off something that you have a passion. So, Oh, you know, which one we haven't really talked about all the crazy fan theories around Rick and Morty. Oh God. Yeah. There's hundreds of them. Yeah. Hundreds and hundreds. Like, that's the when you start getting into, is thing. it okay to speculate? And is Reddit bad for, is Reddit bad for um, media? I like how Rick and Morty has gone meta and they actually have topics on the show that talk about how bad some of the speculation gets for <laughs> writers of fiction, like the story train episode. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that was a good one. That was a good one. Well, I like I, I, I like the one where they're like, yeah, let's just go on a good old fashioned adventure because we were talking about it. Like that's not what's yeah. No, it's like I I miss when they went on week 
on, on episodic adventures and and you're getting into this canon stuff and it, it pollutes the show and it's like, oh, I don't want to do anything fancy. I just want to go on a classic Rick and Morty. Well, I like me seeks. <laughs> <laughs> They're so good at just trashing their fans. Oh, yeah. They absolutely, absolutely are. The the I just immediately think of the Szechuan sauce kid throwing a fit at McDonald's. Oh, it's the fucking retard. I mean, unpopular opinion, Szechuan sauce is gross. <laughs> just going to throw <laughs> it out. I've never had it. I, I, uh, I you're not missing McDonald's. anything. I haven't I eaten have McDonald's it. since okay. two, eh. 2000. I don't know. It's got to be like 18 years ago, something crazy like that. I haven't eaten McDonald's in a long time. I used to like their pancakes. I On an unrelated topic, McDonald's pancakes were good. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of McDonald's pancakes, it is end of time for our topic. It is time for Tales from the Extra Dimensional Portal, 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 Portal. We're in this week's episode of Tales from the Extra Dimensional Portal. We will be tuning in to the universe where the election results were different. All right. Pushing the button in three, two, one. I don't want to go there. Yeah, wait, what, what happened? <laughs> we don't seem to be getting a signal from that universe. Okay. No, I think I think we're good to not try to contact. I, there doesn't seem to be anything going on over there. Well, the nukes might have gone off. Yeah, probably. <laughs> oh, that was to be funny. <laughs> it can't be. It's 2020. Literally nothing is funny anymore. Yeah. It shouldn't be funny at this point. Like, <laughs> no, Don't talk too hard about murder hornets. We are partially responsible for that. I know. Try to downplay that. <laughs> Damn it. But the point is, oh, I can't. This is a, oh, fuck this year. Yeah, well, at least it's almost yeah. over. <laughs> yeah, but it's not like a fresh start because there's January 1, unfortunately. <sighs> 2020's been a hard year. You know, I wonder if, like, people said this kind of stuff in, like, 19... 19- uh, yes, I believe they did. I don't know. I wasn't alive back then. I know. But do you think about it? Like, we've had a shit ton of stuff happen, right? Pandemic, craziness, almost war, I don't know how many times. And all of this is, like, sitting on this, like, razor's edge. But can you imagine, like, if there was, like, World War Two, and, uh, you know? On a, on a completely serious note, I'll, I'll go serious for a second. Um... I've talked about my mom about this stuff because when she was a little kid, they were going through the Cuban Missile Crisis, and she said it was terrifying. She thought the world was going to end, and it didn't, and it was great. Um, she she said it was was probably the most terrifying part of little girl, and she was absolutely terrified because it was awful. You know, everyone thought the world was going to end, and nowadays I don't know if it's that scary. I think we may have it better than people who had to live through that. Mm. I think scary stuff just happens. I think, you know, we've had a bad year, but there have been worse years. Not that I can remember. Well, yeah. Well, there's not been worse years in our lifetime. Not in our lifetimes, but, I mean, you look at history, there's... Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, but I think you make a good point, David. It's not that we can remember. I mean, it's the worst thing we've experienced. I have to say, that was pretty jarring. Yeah. I just said it was the worst thing we've experienced, and then you brought up 9-11. I feel like a dick now. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, well, so the thing about 9-11 versus this year is 9-11 was one event that made us realize we were vulnerable. 
I think up until that point, there hadn't been an attack on U.S. soil since the Japanese, right, in Pearl Harbor. So I think what 9-11 did is break those decades where we felt we were untouchable as a country, but we were off in other countries, right? And so I think that's that was more of what it was, is that we were like, holy actual fuck, how is this happening in our country? This happens somewhere else, and we see about it on the news, but this doesn't happen here. So I think that kind of, like, ripped the Band-Aid off for us, at least for me as, like, a generation, like, and not ever experiencing anything like that, where you realize as an American, you aren't just completely safe in this bubble over here. And then 2020 happened, and it's a reminder of a different type of threat to America and how we aren't being as vigilant as we need to be on several different levels to keep our bubble. So it's not like we can't fix our bubble, right? It's that we weren't paying attention. And now we really do because there's problems. There, there are structural issues within the bubble that is allowing things to occur. So while 9-11 was a terrible and horrible tragedy, and it really shocked, at least me, into realizing that things can't always be rosy, I think it also kind of prepared me for the pandemic. Because isn't it like 10 times the number of people have died this year of this Americans of this pandemic than there was at 9-11? Something like that. I don't I know the exact like, numbers. Well, I think it was like, Around 2,500 people died in 9-11, not including the people that died due to health issues after the dust and everything. I think that was just the, the initial count. But um, but now we're at 250,000 Americans that are dead from something completely different. So, again, I think it's something where it's just we've got to remember that this is our country and that we've got to protect it because nobody else is going to. It only it take for evil to prevail. It only takes good men to do nothing, and I think that's the lesson of twenty. I'm done. I'm off my soapbox, and Brian's gonna cut you know, all of this out of the podcast. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. <laughs> it's too big of a deal for us not to have some kind of discussion about it. But I'm, you know, I'm thinking. You know, I made the joke about us contacting the other universe. You know what we would hear if we could actually contact that other universe? What we would hear us talking about nerdy shit. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, that was one of the one of the one of the biggest things people were asking me all the time. Uh, at least the ones at work that I talk to about the political things, and I try I try to stay as neutral as I can. But there's only so much I can take. But uh, some of the guys at work were asking what what was going to happen, and you know what what how things were going to be different, and what if, and what if, and my response to them always was, you know, if things do change drastically one way or the other, I still got to go to work tomorrow. <laughs> Yeah, that is true. Yeah, it's not going to change all that much in in what we do for our day to days, but you know, it's it's an interesting thing to think about. I'm glad that you know our our real science fiction technology helped us to have a a deep discussion about the you know we pretended that it wasn't real and I wasn't able to contact anyone just so we could have a deep discussion. Yeah, right. totally. Yeah. Um, so we talked about fandoms today. Um, we got a bit of a bomb dropped in the middle of our discussion and kind of derailed our brains a bit. But I, you know, I think we had a good talk about um, the zeitgeist of nerd culture and how everything is sort of brought together by the Internet and communication between people and how 
there's a chain there's a chain of um of connection between all these things it it really comes down to memes yet you know the the what we what we learn kind of passes through everyone in a mimetic way so um i have been super vegan brian and i was joined by kirsty smartperka hi guys and david uh, bye, everybody. <laughs> I was waiting for you to 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 to, to add on. There. Oh, there it is. Um, in the uh, in, in, in in the immortal words of of Pat Oswalt, it, it's chaos out there, people. Be kind. Exactly. And stay awesome. Stay awesome. Stay awesome. Bye.